I say that because he is Bigfoot. We shall see. Live from Mighty Trapdoor Mansion, high atop Tent Hill, it's We Talk Games Video Power Magazine. Featuring Frank Hemblin, Horace Pengrove, William Bentley III, with Stinky the Game Master, T.T. Schmootkins, Tishka Honeypot, Alex Greenspan, and Cut Cockbirth! And now we talk games! We talk games! Here it comes! Yeah! We talk games! Something here, the We Talk Games Arcade Weekly for Pack Month! Waka, 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 waka! The final yeah. installment of Pack Month happening today. No, that is. That's this week. It's the end. Yeah. It's all over. We're going to find out who the Daily Dino is. <laughs> and on the Skype pipe is uh, Kyle Von Kubik. Hello. And also Johnny Capcom. Hello, how's it going? Yeah, so the whole Triple crew. threat. This is really a big deal, the final episode in our pack month pack month huge success you got till uh tuesday to get in your pack month tweet and or facebook share for a chance to win a limited edition ron guyatt print the one we've been talking about all month long if you haven't seen it make sure you get on over to facebook.com slash wtg podcast check it out or uh twitter at we talk games and we've been talking about this like i said all month long there's some great pictures of this amazing Print. You definitely want to get it last minute. Get it in by Tuesday. Because once, are we heading into spring? Are we heading into winter? April's coming up. And oh, yet it is April. Still winter outside. Okay. No, it is, but we're going in April. Okay. I thought I didn't know if we were. I didn't know where we were in in the real time. This was recorded in 2011, everybody. <laughs> it was so funny because we had Alex Greenspan on the program. He's like, I didn't know it didn't have a lead time. He thought we recorded these way in advance because we always say we did. He yeah. didn't know that we recorded it right before I release it. So We're actually recording this live as you're listening it to it. It is live on Stickham. Please come over on and join Stick. us. I finally made it to Stickham because like back in the day, I used to be one of the guys who'd get there early and... Uh, you know, be in the queue watching you do your podcast thing, Wiggly, and then my girlfriend to come in and like fucking hang out in the background, and all the dudes in the chat be like, "Oh my god, it's a woman!" <laughs> and, yeah. and that is that was the smart wrestling fan uh, video feed thing there. Yeah, yeah, that's what we all flipped out to see a lady. And then like a few other women came in, and their people's mouths had to be seen. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need. I to heard see about that. Mouths. So let's wrap up Pack Month with uh, uh, Mr. Anale. He's in the booth. I forgot about that. 
Now, Mr. Annelay, I heard that you were somewhat of the inspiration for this game, living during that time period. And uh, now, were you one of the top trogs or one of the daily dinos? <laughs> I don't want to bury the lead on this one. No, you're not. You're jumping right in. We're talking about Trog, 1990, put out by Midway Visual Concepts. What was it made in? Claymation. Claymation, <laughs> Claymation. <laughs> Oh, balls. Playmation, very successful. Uh, this being the only game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then we had Clay Fighters. But that was Claymation. Right. No, that was Clay... F uh, who the fuck? Yeah, knows? that was Claymation. But I mean, did they come up with a dumb name for it like this? Oh, I probably. Mm. I just don't remember. What I always make gives me a weird sadness when I see someone going, here's this branded thing we're doing, and it's going to be big, and it's not. Yeah. The 90s is full of that stuff, though. I mean, maybe like now it's full of it as well, but I just don't care. <laughs> well, I bought this the special edition of Clay Fighters. If you remember, there was like one that was like a gold cartridge or a red cartridge or something. There's a sucker born every minute. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all you got was a game. You know, you didn't even get, like, a batarang. <laughs> oh, Arkham Asylum came with a batarang. Yeah, yeah a shitty batarang that was, that was stuck yeah, was, to the wood base. <laughs> that was fucking made of fucking broken promises and shit plastic. Like, <laughs> well, you could chuck it at your friend and would put a dent in their head. Just, yeah, if the base hit them. <laughs> it wouldn't, yeah, right. It wouldn't come back to you. So, like we've been reviewing all month long, this too is a maze chase game. The big gimmick about this game is this claymation, this playmation with these pre-rendered graphics of uh, little clay dudes walking around. This was very popular in the 90s. As we said, Clay Fighter, there was also Claymates and, mm. um, you know, Trog come to mind. What I realized in doing my research is this comes around every so many years. Like uh, the next iteration of Kirby <laughs> on the Wii U is also going towards this clay aesthetic. At this point, I don't understand why. I do understand why they did it in the 16 and 32-bit era because it kind of gave that polygonal feel mm. without using polygons. But nowadays, I don't know, it just seems dated as a choice. You know, well, it re it, I, and I agree with that, John. Like we've talked about how video games are an art form, and people can decide to use different types of brushes or pastels or, or charcoals <laughs> when making that art. So I, I guess it is appropriate, but just in my opinion, it really reads '90s because oh. it's when it was propagated the most. But what about our Paper Mario's and our? Sack boys and things like that that are more flatty people running around. And the new Zelda, he goes, he is flat. He's in flat. Yeah, he goes man. into the wall. Yeah, it goes back to what John said. It's a, it's a choice, and I guess it's where appropriate to use it. As far as this game's concerned, it is '90s as fuck. It's like so nice. Everything about it is '90s. <laughs> yeah. The victory screen with the dancing triangles <laughs> yeah. around you and the rock music. Yeah. Um, Bell, man. It's like the save, like <laughs> save with the graphics everywhere. It My is. favorite one is just the big yo, you know, <laughs> in the background. Like Zach Morris slides in on his knees with the giant mobile phone. <laughs> like I say, almost every time we talk about an arcade game, this was a big deal. <laughs> Yeah. When uh, when this first came out, people were crowding around this thing, too, at the spaceport. You really had to get down on your knees and give a really sloppy one in order to get 
first in line. For 1990, though, I mean, this is graphically imp- oh, impressive yeah. because of its choices. And yeah, I remember when this was in the arcade too, and it did. You had to wait to play it. Oh what my I will- God, I can't wait to play Pac-Man. <laughs> <laughs> the frames of animation are are very impressive. Yeah, and what I'll also say about this is, and unfortunately, I forgot to mention this all month long, but there was times where, like a game like this, or when I play Ladybug, for example, I think to myself while I'm playing, man, if Namco just came up with this mechanic, they would have had a a better sequel to Pac-Man than, you know, Super Pac-Man. Some people like that game, but most people poo-poo on Super Pac-Man because it just wasn't enough of a new idea on top of Pac-Man. But these other developers who came in and took the Pac-Man framework and then dumped something else into it sometimes came up with some really great ideas, like Ladybug with the gates. Mm -hmm. But what's interesting about this game, did some research about it. It didn't start as a Pac-Man game. Mm. It actually started as a god game or or a, a guiding hand type of game wow. um, where you would direct the dinosaur, you would navigate him through a maze by dropping bones into the maze. So think of Choo Choo Rocket or think of Mario versus Wario where the dinosaur is moving independently and you're just trying to... Oh, do you know what else game, other game? Uh, remember the one with the, the guy and I thought he was special. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Risky <Remember>? challenge. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. But similar to that, where you're guiding the avatar through the stage, but not actually playing as the avatar. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> the guy who is special. <laughs> as if you didn't do enough damage that episode. <laughs> that could, this is the one thing I could remember. <laughs> but he got the sweet chick. Yeah, he did at the end. The hot chick. <laughs> I think John equated her to to his caretaker. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, the game started out like that. And we're not even sure if it was called Trog at this point, but when it was being prototyped in its original form, you would actually be a uh, cursor or hand on the screen and you would drop bones to direct the dinosaur through the maze. And the dinosaur, again, was independent as far as movement was concerned. It tested so poorly and the cabinets kept getting defaced because the button actually said bone. What do you think <sighs> they uh, vandalized the button to say instead of bone, John? Add a little R in it there at the end. Yeah, exactly. Maybe? Exactly. So we had a bunch of boner buttons on the cabinet. <laughs> and when they tested the game, it flopped. Mm. The problem with that is they spent so much fucking money (laughs) on this playmation gimmick that they didn't know what to do. So one of the testers who played the game, who poo-pooed on it, said, you guys should make like a a Pac-Man-like game with these graphics. Evidently, this is according to lore. And that's Mm -hmm. what dictated the change in the original programming. So uh, originally it started out as a... uh, a god game or, or a guiding hand type game, and then it turned into a maze chase game because the budget was so bloated on this. And I don't know if the reason why we never saw a Trog 2 or we saw we never saw another Playmation game was because of that. Because even though the game was successful from what I remember as a kid and mm-hmm. what you remember, Wiggly, mm-hmm. I don't know if they ever made the money back. I don't know if it was a, a good return on investment. In my research, I looked to find out if there was ever another Playmation game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think this is a one-shot deal. You bring up a good point with Namco. I think they always did a sequel to their game that was 
unlike the original, which is kind of admirable, but they seem to go in the wrong directions with them. Like you and I like Dig Dug you know, too, yeah. you know, but most people didn't. They did the same thing with Mappy, Hopping Mappy. You know, right. it's that 3D perspective type of thing, uh, which totally changed what the original was about, not as exciting. And then what did we get with Pac-Man? Like Pac-Land? <laughs> but I guess yeah. after the success of Miss Pac-Man, then... We just got another Pac-Man that could be bigger, you know? Right. And, and then, instead of eating pellets, you ate the fruit prizes. and Yeah. And then we got a 3D version of Pac-Man, too, just like Mappy and uh, Crappy. Dig Dug, too. Right. And then they went back to Mr. Driller, and then they, they saw what we wanted more of the same, but more. Right. You know, like Miss Pac-Man. It was more of the same, but it was better of the same. So, improved upon the original framework of Pac-Man. It made it a little quicker. It made the ghost more intelligent and had the prizes dance through the screen as opposed to being stationary. It was just those little improvements that made it a better Pac-Man game. But it didn't necessarily make you not want to play the original Pac-Man anymore, too. I agree with that. And I think that that's unique, perhaps, to Namco games or this style of game in general, that you can make small modifications and as long as they're going in the right direction it can be successful but it doesn't take the money away from the original perhaps mm -hmm. you know like the mr do right. people would still play mr do even if they played mr do wild ride or mr do takes a poo you know talk about big diversions from the original game i mean mr do's castle is nothing like mr do anyway trog short for troglodyte and you don't play as one no you don't uh, unless you're one of those one-eyed caveman troglodytes. You play as one of four dinos. You either play as Rex, Bloop, Spike, or Gwen, uh -huh. denoted yeah. by four different colors. I like the red one. Rex. Yeah, Rex. And they're all Lisa Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought this game was. And then when you win, you see the dinosaur dance around a little bit. And you're like, oh, okay, he's a weird bipedal <laughs> triceratops. <laughs> Not thing. a red Lisa Simpson. Isn't it the sax guy from... Uh... What, the Lost Boys? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, he's not in this game. Okay. If he was, I'd fucking know. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I thought that's what that victory animation was. Maybe it was more uh, in tune with some of his work he did with Tina Turner in the 90s. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not as fully well read up as I'd like to be in the career trajectory long term of Tim Capello. <laughs> so in Trog. <laughs> but no, like the little dinosaur, they're cool, but they're weird looking. The colors on them are fucking crazy. It's almost like they cut your fucking eyes open. <laughs> like they're that sharp. Yes. Um, would they be raster graphics or? They're digitized you know? photos of the claymation characters that are then rasterized. I'm correct in that, Wig? Exactly. Yeah. I'll be honest with you, I'm not surprised this game was a hit when it came out because it essentially, it, what did people like back then? They liked The Simpsons and they liked Dinosaurs. Yes. And this just, bang, two together. Predates Jurassic Park, though. Does it? Yeah, but Jurassic yeah. Park was riding a wave of dinosaur mania. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? Denver the Last Dinosaur predates Jurassic Park. I'm going to go on a tear like Wiggly does <laughs> and say that Denver the Last Dinosaur is the true Jurassic Park. Did he live in a wooded area? You know, he lived in like LA and rode a skateboard and shit. There you go. Uh, fucking Jurassic Park 2, The Lost World, of what happens at the end of it. There's a fucking dinosaur 
That's yeah, the real but, dress. But part. he didn't. He didn't have like hot pink sunglasses <laughs> that he pulled down with one finger and wear a Hawaiian shirt. He was shooting nineties out of his ass. Well, the thing is, like, there was that. Then there was like the Land Before Time movies. Yes. Yeah. Um, Remember the Pizza Hut puppets? <laughs> you no. forget, I, oh wait, you're from Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah. I don't know, eat pizza, you don't remember this. Right, I know. I'm so glad you're doing it, Fluttershy. Well, I'm going to predate you all with the book Danny and the Dinosaur. Yes, I remember the future Wiggly's book club. <laughs> I'm a hundred. No, I don't have it anymore, but it was about a kid that went to a museum and wrote on top of Brontosaurus. So. I've got a pre, I think the predates it, the Bible. Deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Trog. <laughs> it's it's uh, one to four players. Each player plays one of four dinosaurs. The goal is to collect all the eggs on the screen. Mm-hmm. They're mazes, but they start out very open. But it is a grid. You collect the eggs that are represented by the color you are. So if you're the red dinosaur, you go for red eggs. If you're the blue, you go for blue and etc. Now, if you are playing multiple players and you eat all your eggs... You know, let's say Wiggly's red and I'm blue. I'm still trying to get all my eggs, but Wiggly has completed all the red eggs. The rest of the eggs on the screen will become multicolored, and they're up for grabs for everybody. So it's a, um, it's kind of a versus type game more than it is a co-op game because you are going for points. You're trying to, you know, beat your friend. You can punch your friend. That's one of the unique features about the game. You can mm. actually fight back against the adversaries. If you go head on head, chances are you'll lose. But you can, you know, sucker punch him from behind or hit him on the side. That helps you mitigate through the game a little easier. Similar to Pack and Pal a little bit in the respect to you can fight back. Mm-hmm. You know, you can fight back against the enemies. And I think that's one of the elements or features in this game that is of note and distinguishes it from other maze chase type games. I mash on that button and I usually do pretty good, but sometimes sometimes they snucker me. It's not really a nod to Pac-Man, is it, when you get the ice power up? <laughs> There are a lot of power-ups in this game. And Trog turns blue. There's a lot of power-ups in this game. They're not initially intuitive to know what you're doing. They come on the screen and you think, okay, I got to collect that too. Because I kept collecting mushrooms. Oh, the sex noise mushrooms. Yes. And the dinosaur makes this weird cooing noise about it. I didn't realize that it was actually slowing the character down. You do want to collect the red flowers. They make you faster. There's also chili peppers that allow you to breathe fire. There's a gold horseshoe. That is just a point bonus. And then there's another, um, what is it, an ice cube that will freeze (laughs) all of the trogs and then allow you to, you know, go up to them and punch them or get around them. But it does make them blue like the blue ghosts, and that's why I think it's uh, funny. Yeah, they do turn blue, but they're frozen in their spot. What's nice about this game, and again, something that I probably should have touched on all month long, is that the dinosaur, although you're in control of the dinosaur, is self-propelled, much like Pac-Man or Miss Pac-Man. The character will be moving in one direction, and then you tell the character to go up, down, left, or right. What makes the game challenging is the mazes are often islands that are surrounded by either a water hazard or a lava hazard. While I think the controls are tight, at points they feel a little slippery, so you'll want to premeditate your moves 
ahead of time or else you will fall off the edge. I love that you can fall off the edge. The controls aren't as loose as Zoom, but I find that I can control it very well. In fact, better than some Pac-Man. So. I don't know if I'd agree that it controls better than Pac-Man or Miss Pac-Man, but I think it controls better than some of the knockoff games. Mm-hmm. from the maze chase genre. It actually has a lot of similarities to I'm Sorry in regards to the big punch fisting and um, the same type of water hazards that were in this game are kind of in this game. You don't jump, per se. One power-up we have to discuss, mm-hmm. obviously, is the and, and another key feature about this game is although you play as a little triceratops, as some would describe Lisa Simpson-like, <laughs> <laughs> If you do get the pineapple power-up, you turn into a giant fucking T-Rex, and you do look like a proper dinosaur. Lovely. And you get to go around, and this would be the equivalent to the power pellet, you get to go around and gobble up all the trogs on the screen. And you bite their heads off. You bite their heads off. Yeah, it's a lot like Pit Fighter, this game. (laughs) No, it is nothing like Pit Fighter. There's a bit where you're standing on a forklift and someone raises you up slightly <laughs> for no real fucking reason. <laughs> Pit Fighter's a hot game recently on the We Talk Games. Oh, it's the best game. It is <laughs> the best fighting game ever created. Next to Street Fighter the movie, the game. Oh, yeah, you could hear that game from like 10 miles away <laughs> like back in the day because I think it was Chun Li or Cami made mm-hmm. this high pitched squeal. And it was just like, it was rattling people's films out in fucking real time. And E. Hondo with his Hawaiian shirt. Very authentic. (laughs) Very authentic. Any video game that stars Raul Julia is going to hit the top 10 list right there. That's so rough because, you know what, he's a really good actor. And it's such a shame that his last movie was such a shitstorm. I I don't care. He's good in anything. He was like a Bela Lugosi. He'd take any job and he'd bring it. He'd bring his A-game to it. He oh, didn't... that movie's not bad because of him. No, but I mean, he would bring his A-game to his part, no matter what was around him. He wouldn't give it as half-assed. That's how Bela was. Bela was in really crap movies towards the end, but he always was the if you best had heroin, he could he'd be in your foot. <laughs> he liked the morphine. Oh, morphine, you're yeah. right. Back to this game, before I forget... Uh, once you collect all your corresponding eggs, the game isn't over. The exit will appear. So even though mm-hmm. you might have cleared the stage, you're going to have to make your way to the exit. And a lot of times, um, especially in the later levels, that's where you'll end up dying is mm-hmm. when you're just trying to get to the maze. And John, do you know what happens when you get to that exit in the maze? Go to the fucking dancing screen, right? That's right. You go, you open the door, you get on the floor and everybody walks the dinosaur. Oh yeah, I don't know what that song is. Stop fucking bringing it up okay? <laughs> You need to revisit Super Mario Brothers the movie. That's right. Well, is that like is that a Ray Parker Jr. song or something? No, it's actually a real song from Parliament Funkadelics and George Clinton uh, that they remade to try to <laughs> incorporate some of the shit storyline from <laughs> Mario Mario and Luigi Mario. Mojo oh, well, Nixon. I should know, I should know this because I have a uh, in my possession here. A Mario Brothers 3D glow-in-the-dark poster and cassette. Like, so. That's right. You didn't listen to that yet. I haven't, no, because uh, jam boxes don't exist anymore. No. Oh, <laughs> I have it on Laserdisc. And it is honestly the movie that allowed us to get a house. So I really recommend people watch this because mm-hmm. it's so shitty that it will encourage you to go out and do something grand. 
Just with your life in general? Yes. Because <laughs> if I hadn't forced Chizzy to watch this, she wouldn't have been so disgusted that she had to go out and last minute the open house that they had on our trapdoor mansion here. <laughs> they were just getting ready to pack up and she showed up and then we, we got the house a few weeks later. I was just watching this piece of fucking trash. <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't believe it. Dennis Hopper was some kind of lizard politician. So good in that shit movie. So much He's shit. Another guy. Good in shit. He's yeah. A great actor who was in a lot of crap, but he always he always showed up. You know? He did. Sometimes he phoned it in, but he at least showed up. <laughs> the exit feature again goes back to uh what I was talking about where like, man, if can you imagine playing a Pac-Man sequel that never came out from Namco and after you collected all the dots on the screen, it wasn't over? It adds a little bit of challenge. I appreciate that challenge. Another thing I like about the game is uh, on top of having the ability to have score multipliers and, and different ways to tackle each uh, maze, at the beginning of each maze, there's an egg that'll sparkle. And if you collect that egg last, a warp zone will appear and it will actually jump you three stages ahead, which on its own is cool. Mm -hmm. But what's cool about that in this game very progressively, there's a theme of evolution happening throughout the maze, and on most, for most people, you won't even notice it. But when you're playing through the game, on top of there being more enemies on the screen, the enemies actually get more intelligent, and more of them start to appear. So first, the trogs are just these guys running around their loincloth, punching you and trying to eat you. Then all of a sudden, they start to develop tools, and they have clubs. And then after that, they actually develop fire, and they develop wheels to crush you and different types of hazards that they put onto the screen. And buildings and stuff like that. And that's the other thing is that the mazes you start to see at first you're in the jungle it's very open then all of a sudden you start to see their settlements and it's made of bone and it's very rudimentary and crude looking and then there's pyramids. So when you start doing the warp zones in the game you'll notice these evolutions within the game's you know story I guess. Mm -hmm. Um They'll, they'll be more apparent because all of a sudden you're like, oh, wow, look at that. They, there's little huts. Oh, wow, now there's, there's pyramids. Oh, wow, they're throwing wheels at me. Uh, it's something to note, and I think it was a nice attention to detail. I just think they, they had a budget that lost control with this game. It, it seems like somebody really loved the idea of this. I can appreciate the efforts that were put in. It did have two ports, uh, one I'm not familiar with, which was the DOS version. I, I can't say if it's any good or not. DOS is hit and miss sometimes with their mm -hmm. ports. But the NES version, yeah. by acclaim, in 1991, is actually a good Nintendo game. It's only two-player, obviously, but... It's a pretty good representation of this game, and I did play this as a kid. In fact, I think one of my friends bought that game because we had played the arcade version, and we had a lot of fun playing this game together. And what's interesting about the arcade machine itself, just another historical side note, is that it had a 25-inch monitor, which at the time mm. was very big, but they had a very slender cabinet, and they had a four-player control deck that was compact but roomy enough, and they were smart enough so that would actually detach out. Why am I telling you all about this? Well, because a lot of the popular games of the mid-90s were these four-player beat-em-ups, and this is sadly why trog cabinets are hard to come by now, because most of them got converted into your X-Men's and your mm -hmm. Ninja Turtles. And the reason why they chose to use these cabinets as opposed to the Konami cabinets is because they took up less real estate and they were actually easier to you know move around their establishment. It's all about making money at the end of the day. Sure. So this is a super rare cabinet to come across now. One thing about the exits, 
Boy, don't they tempt you to just hang around, too. They'll be putting up the horseshoes and everything else. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, I'm almost at the exit, but maybe I could just go back and get that one horseshoe. And then, you know, you get swarmed and you're trying to punch like a maniac. But two of the really satisfying parts, I think, are collecting the things and turning into the giant dinosaur. I mean, there, there's nothing like that. And another funny part we mentioned about you being eaten when you get caught by these trogs, but they get out their forks and knives. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they- You're a uh, pile of bones. Yeah, you're a pile of bones, and then they burp. Yeah. You're a burp joke. I like the sound effects in this game. I like the music. It's still way 90s in its uh, choices, but I enjoyed it. Some of the mazes get a little congested towards the later levels, but overall, I think if you're into maze chase games, obviously you're going to like it. But if you like a game like Toe Jam and Earl- Mm. For some reason, I think you'll enjoy this game. And I don't know why. They're not really the same thing because Toe Jam and Earl definitely had that roguelike element with the randomization. Where this game does have that as as far as laying the prizes and the the power-ups on the field, it is randomized. And it kind of has a crawling around the dungeon field because of the way the maze is laid out. I don't know why it hits the note for me, but I feel like if you like Toe Jam and Earl, I think you might enjoy this game. I think it's very similar in the art style, although this is, you know, yes. clay, the yeah. other ones. And what's interesting about this, that this is in Playmation, but yet the title screen is just full pixel art, cartoony right. pixel art. <laughs> so that's kind of fun. You get to watch the trog put together that dinosaur equals pizza. Again, this game is 90s as well, like, whoa, yeah. you know? <laughs> it's radical. Hey, kids, you love pizza, right? Well, you're going to love Tron. John must hate this game, actually. John, you don't like pizza. Nope. Yeah, what the hell's up with that? Who in the world doesn't like pizza? John! John comes to New York and doesn't have a single slice of pizza. A part of me died that day. Well, understand, right? If you come to Ireland, I'm not going to try and force feed your fucking stew and cabbage. (laughs) You can eat whatever you like. You You can eat whatever fucking cardboard cheese fucking bollocks <laughs> you like just turf it into you if i didn't get too deep into drug it's fun i mean turning the dinosaur and eating the dudes is cool i like when you knock the guys into the, the lake mm-hmm. you know uh, or whatever it is i wasn't crazy about it uh, i'm sure if i had experience of it from when it came out i'd probably be it strikes me as one of those games that would probably have a lot of nostalgia value right because it's something else like you know it's, it was um, something graphically new at yeah. that time yeah it would have been part of the cultural landscape as well because there was like a lot of claymation stuff around back then like morph especially on the bbc and stuff mm. so it would have been something i would have enjoyed it like same like when i saw clay fighter i was like oh my god the future you yeah. know yeah. and the same with balls like, yeah balls you know, <laughs> yep balls you know? too I mean, even when Tory Bash came out, it was just bald men fighting each other. I was like, oh, cool, you know? Yeah, I forgot uh, about that. I said, I wouldn't describe it as a bad game, but I think it's like Altered Beast, you know? (laughs) Like, Altered Beast is a piece of shit. (laughs) And I can say that because I never played Altered Beast back in the day, and I I played it for the first time in my 20s. (laughs) And I was like, oh, this is like an on-rails, crappy, fucking side-scrolling furry game <laughs> where, where yeah but you can doing, land your back and do a high kick straight up yeah and kick him into I think this l- game is better than Altered Beast it's a, it's a little bit better no, what I'm saying is Kyle, I'm sorry if I'm hurting your feelings no no not at all okay. 
if I had played it as a kid, I'm sure I'd be like, oh man, Trog's the fucking business, like, you know, but as it is, I played it as an adult, uh, once the Sheen had wore off, it's not a bad game, it's fun for what it is, but, like, I wouldn't, uh, if you know of one of those rare Trog cabinets out there, I wouldn't remortgage the house to get it. (laughs) (laughs) I sort of felt the same way about, in fact, I was going to bow out on this uh, title. At the end of Pack Month, I was going to bow out, because uh, I liked Trog, but I was sort of sick of it, you know, uh, Although, upon a revisit, I uh, got more out of it than I did when I got burnt out of it in the arcade. Here's what I'll say about Trog. Obviously, I enjoyed it more than the two of you did. But as far as a party game is concerned, aside from the newer pack and I'm sorry, you can't even get that, right? You can't get the Battle Royale Pac-Man on anything now. Not That's yet, the no. first time that you were able to do four-player Pac-Man. Well, guess what? This is four-player Pac-Man, mm. so I think it works very well as a multiplayer game, and I think that's where most people will derive the most amount of enjoyment out of, is playing it with other people and you know trying to max it out where there's four people competing at once. But trying to sit down your... Uh, Grown adult friends to play a uh, claymation <laughs> dinosaur game <laughs> might might prove to be difficult. It's weird that we'll give di- it a shot. This didn't come out on any midway compilation. Yeah, but that's because you can't emulate claymation. <laughs> <laughs> it's too sophisticated of a technology. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta call in Rankin Bass to make that happen. We have to wait for the PlayStation Six. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's that in the Saturn. <laughs> you know, I love that about the Sega Saturn. It's like this fucking you know janky console from the 90s and it's just like can we get something to emulate it with all the supercomputers you've got in the world <laughs> nope <laughs> <laughs> i think that might have been because of a lack of care i might have a saturn emulator but i don't think it works very well i i have to yeah, I have see, to there you go. yeah i have to revisit that i do have an atari jaguar emulator though <laughs> well, that's about as worthless as an Atari Jaguar. <laughs> I wish I had a Pladium emulator. Oh, wait, I do. Watch a VHS of Dragon Ball. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, that wraps up Pack Month. Waka, 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 waka. Yeah, let's hear this. And now here's T.T. Schmootkins with next week's We Talk Games Video Power Magazine Arcade Weekly Arcade Game Audio Clue. Hello. I am Titty Scrootkins. Here is next week's We Talk Games, Video Power Magazine, Arcade Weekly, Arcade Game Audio Clue. Good luck, dudes. Hey, don't forget on next week's Arcade Weekly, we'll announce the winners of the Ron Guyet beautiful Pac-Man poster. He hand-screened, created beautiful gold and black prize. The grand prize surprise. Okay, my clue for next week is going to be. Oh, we're gonna we're we're not gonna be packing anymore. No, we're packing it in. <laughs> my clue for next week is Kyle as Batman shooting the Spider-Man fingers. <laughs> uh, that really doesn't you have just any. Like that picture. <laughs> that's it. That's right. That's right. I used um, to piss off so many people when the Spider-Man movies are coming out. I'd be like, oh, I can't wait for the Batman movie. <laughs> And they're like, it's Spider-Man. It's not funny. Stop it. <laughs> well, I have it on good authority that Spider-Man's real name is Batman, because I'll show you the toy. Oh, I've got similar toys. Yeah. My real clue is going to be Jimmy Osterberg's brother. 
wow, I alienated everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you read that book that Iggy Pop wrote 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Next. If this game was a man, you wouldn't want to fucking know him, trust me. <laughs> local reference. Yep, local reference. <laughs> My clue for next week is shit the ice. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. All right, everybody. Well, hey, it's been a great pack month. Thanks, everybody, for joining in. Don't forget to check out giantmediaball.com. That's where you can get all your media of medias. Sands the fleas. Hey, don't be a jerk all the time. And I hope that you like us. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Did I say those words? Enjoy the clips from the Joan Crawford Trog film from 1970. Coming up next. Travel back with us to the beginning of time when giant reptiles thunder defiance and man is yet unborn. From this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half-man, half-ape with the strength of 20 demons trapped in a dark subterranean cavern. Its frozen fury preserved in suspended animation. It comes silently screaming through the ages. This terrifying half-human monster awakens at last. Awakens now to vent its murderous wrath on you. Whatever the risk, this kill-crazy fiend from hell must be destroyed. You may want to hide, you may want to forget what you see, but you can't. You can't escape. Stay where you are, Dr. Brockton! That's an order!